0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, July 10th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hello all, welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Brett Goodman.
1: And I'm Tara Bulger.
0: We come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Welcome to Friday. We're glad you made it. We're excited to introduce to you our guest today, Emily Wilmarth. But before we get to her discussion with Tara, let us start off with a prayer.
1: Let us pray. O Heavenly Father, who in thy Son, Jesus Christ, has given us a true faith and sure hope, Help us, we pray thee, to live as those who believe and trust in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection to life everlasting, and strengthen this faith and hope in us all the days of our life. Through the love of thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
0: Our scripture passage comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 30. Please listen for a word from God. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob? Who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this well will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You will worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for the salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, What do you want, or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Welcome, Emily Wilmarth. So glad to have you here. Emily is one of my favorite, favorite people. So, Emily, we're talking about the woman at the well what stands out to you about this passage if anything
2: we um had an adult class in my church on uh, a cu- a couple of weeks um a couple months ago about Jesus and his interactions with women and, and if i recall correctly not only is this the longest conversation jesus has with a woman in scripture but this is the longest conversation he is that is recorded Jesus having wow. um, with anyone in scripture, um, so right away that that stands out to me. Um, I think it's interesting it's that she's um, she's not portrayed as a as just some characterless woman, although she has no name, which is always troublesome yeah um, but but she reminds us that the Samaritans and the Jews were not totally separate from each other. Yeah. They share ancestors. And that's a whole nother thing to go into, right? Why are Samaritans and Jews at odds with each other, even though their, their deep history is, is linked and connected to each other. Um,
1: yeah. I was reading that um, in the beginning where she says, why are you a Jew? asking me for water that that was actually, that was a disparaging term. Like that was a sassy and kind of derogatory thing to say. And it's not really anywhere else in the Bible, but, um, and it reminds me of, I don't know if you've had this experience, but there've been times when I want to help someone and the minute they don't react the way I think they should, then suddenly I'm not interested in helping anymore.
2: (laughs) I don't like that about myself. It's, it's real though. It's, and even, um, I mean, I think we find that a lot uh, when we're, I'm thinking of a very specific incident where uh-huh. there was a woman who stopped me on the street and she, she clearly had needs um, and I was really looking for a way to help her. And then the further along we got, the more her story got convoluted and, and I shut down. Yeah. In a way that got, I got real judgy about yeah. it because I didn't like the sass.
1: Uh huh. But Jesus doesn't turn his back on her Mm-mm. because that's her response. He still has something to offer her. Um, and that that means a lot to me. Um, that he doesn't that he still offers her this living water. What do you think about the idea that, um, He knows her and he knows about the husbands. And what do you think that experience is for her?
2: If I'm honest, at first, it's a little off-putting that Jesus says, go and tell your husband, even though he knows. It it feels a little like a test uh, Mm -hmm. of her honesty or, you know, he, he's. um, Yeah. But and maybe at first when when she when she starts to realize that he knows her it might make her i i can imagine her feeling suddenly very insecure or very judged or very you know all those things defensive or frightened or yeah um, you know she must i imagine her coming to that well at noon isolated Hot by herself, the only time it's safe for her to go without the judgment or the cr- critique or anything of her peers, who are also g- gathering water at an earlier or later time. Um, she's carrying all that baggage, and suddenly Jesus makes it makes her aware that He knows of all of her baggage, and that can feel so damning. And so the turn is what I think is so such a gift, right? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I care about your baggage.
1: Totally. And I'm a person who came to faith late and had a lot of baggage. So when I read it, what I hear is Jesus knows all of that and still is offering you this grace, this living water. And so to me, I feel like that question, go call your husband is a way to to get into that with her.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I like that.
1: And I don't know, of course, we have no idea if that's the the motive behind it but um you know have you seen so there was this thing uh on twitter a while back it was like you know give your faith statement in five words hmm. and mine wasn't five but mine was god knows me completely and loves me still like that's the whole of the gospel to me and i think that's what i see when i hear this passage
2: well and you know you think about someone's identity and I wonder if she carried all of this baggage as her primary identity. Yeah. And Jesus is saying that identity, yeah, we know it it's there, but it's not the identity I choose to see in you.
1: But I I bet it's certainly the identity her her society saw her for.
2: Exactly. Yeah, whether she carried it or not, that's how everybody's seeing her. Um, yeah. And he and he if he enters that way, he does not exit that way. Yeah. And and I
1: Do you think that everyone has that kind of bone deep need to be known
2: and to be loved?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. So that, that for me changes what evangelism might look like. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: evangelism maybe isn't so much about salvation for me because I believe that's always the work of Christ, but evangelism is knowing and loving um, Mm -hmm. over and over again.
2: And I think it's um, it's the gift we have. Um, it's the gift we have to offer to look at people and not and and work to pull aside all of the all of the stuff that we see or that our culture or our biases have told us about what we see. To look at them yeah. as Christ looks at us. Yeah, that's hard work, but
1: it is hard work. It's such
2: a gift when you can get deeper than that.
1: Yeah, I am eternally grateful that Jesus went to the hard work, right? Um, for all of humanity. And I'm grateful for you because you are one of those people for me who accepts the hot mess that I am and loves me.
2: Mess. <laughs> I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful that you're doing this podcast and having voices and sharing your voice and yourself. Thank you. Pretty cool. We'll do it again soon. You take care.
0: Thank you all for being with us. Another huge thank you to Emily for being on the show with us and sharing her knowledge and wisdom. We hope you all have a good weekend and we'll see you back on Monday. And now may each of you go out to love and to serve to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you. Amen.